Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hours. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? I'm going to tell you something, buddy. Man. We got a really, really, really great hour coming up with Hot Rods and Happy Hour right Sweet. now. Sweet. What we got? What we got? Now we got an awesome calling guest. One of the hottest names in NHRA drag racing right now. Is going to be live in the studio talking to us. Right. Well, not in the studio, but I get what you're saying. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a great time. It's a great calling guest, guys. But I'll tell you what, we're talking about NHRA. You know what a big thing right now? NHRA just dropped a big letter to all its members. And, of course, naturally it leaked out on the Internet shortly afterwards, and it was in every drag racing magazine and online venue everywhere. And now it's here. Exactly, guys. I'll tell you what, NHRA has announced they're cutting pro stock ranks. Um, NHRA announced earlier last week that they uh, the pro stock car category, which will compete at all 24 2018 Melio Drag Racing Series events, will feature eight car fields at nine selected events and 16 car fields at the other 15 events. So instead of having those normal 16 car fields, they're going to have eight car fields. So basically, they're cutting the race. At you know a good many at eight events, oh. or at nine events actually. So, so nine events in the year, they're actually cutting pro stock out in half. Yeah, literally, and it's insane. And so they're they're actually shortening up the field, basically cutting rounds by doing that. Right. Um, the change in field size is intended to elevate competition and spark renewed interest in the pro stock car category, bringing more exciting qualifying to events and historically fewer entries in the category. The eight-car fields will be the following events, Houston, Topeka, Epping, Englishtown, Bristol, Denver, Sonoma, Seattle, and Brainerd. So what they're wanting to do I guess, is like only eight cars will be able to compete as many as they want can qualify, but they're making qualifying tougher. Right. Basically cutting the field in half. Right. Normally so you, where they take 16 cars, they're only take eight cars. And this is the problem. So you better bring your A game. Yeah, it is. Well, it's just basically your your fast runners are the ones that are going to make these top eight races. Right. Um, and if you're going to be anything for the you know championship or anything like that, you got to be in these races. Um, NHRA has been working closely with pro stock teams for several years to uh, offer initiatives to improve fan engagement and interest. Changes that include switching to fuel injection, facing the cars forward in the pit so the fans can see the teams working on their engines, holding burnout contests, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, and this is neat. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, NHRA is probably one of the best fan experiences of any motorsports because, I mean, every pass is a pit pass. You get to walk in the stand and see them working on their cars. We're like NASCAR and other things. You don't even get that close to any of this. Yeah. The only time you get close to a NASCAR is if one of them flies up the gate and the hood hits you. Yeah, the president of NHRA, Peter Clifford, he said he's hoping that this will ch- field size change will increase excitement and fan interest. Um, it worries me because I think they're going to miss the mark, kind of like, Bill, like uh, Brian Francis is doing with NASCAR right now. 
NHRA will continue to work with ProStock teams and manufacturers this year, carefully evaluating key metrics supporting targeted initiatives by the teams to generate interest. Although the NHRA's ProStock Eliminator has displayed significantly greater competition in the first half of the season than it did a year ago, the class has been unable to escape the grip of the media and spectators and the drag racing community at large who have continued to dissect its downfall. you got to think about there's so many other things that are stealing the show from Pro Stock. So, you know, it seems to me that they're actually borrowing a little bit of uh, Brian Francis' playbook here and kind of a chase for the cup kind of thing. A little bit with the Pro Stock guys. I don't think they should really fool with this. I mean, I'll be honest with you, whatever, you know, Top Fuel and the Funny Car guys are doing, Pro Stock should be following suit. And now they're cutting their field. And, you know, that's another thing. You know, you go to a drag race event, you know, an NHRA event, and it's an all-day event or all-weekend event. Why would you want to take away from that? That's why so many people are attracted to the sport. I mean, you, you're seeing more people show up to an NHRA event than you are an NASCAR event by large numbers. Why would you want to take away from that? Exactly. They got a great thing going. Just keep rolling with it. Well, the, they do and they don't. Um, you know, doing the changes to pro stock. And there's been so many people, you know, want, want to know why Pro Stock. Well, you know, there's several reasons why Pro Stock has really fell off. I mean, it's just less competitive. you got the same cars running the same exact cubic inches, the same exact setups. I mean, the same cars went over and over again. They're all Chevrolet Camaros. They all look the same. I mean, it's just it's dull at best. And the cars aren't even that fast. I mean, you got Pro Mod cars that are running faster than these cars. Yeah. So, why do you want to watch these cars? And they, they've got radial tire car cars running faster than Pro Stock cars. Yeah, Pro Stock is kind of a, it's an interesting loss in the mix class. At, well, at one time, in the 90s, in its heyday, it was a really fruitful time for NASCAR. The National Hot Rod Association, although in their unending quest to rival NASCAR's growth, and that none of this was truly realized at the time, the world's leading sanctioning body had little competition. Pro Modified was around, but wasn't very popular at the time, and it was actually in IHRA, not NHRA. So that's one thing that really helped them in the 90s. They stayed really big. Another thing that killed them, like we were talking about, was the radial tire, no prep racing, nor there was no ADRL or PDRA around doing anything like that. Now there is. So that's peeling away from pro stock. you got to think about it. Your street race guys were naturally pro stock fans because they were door slammer cars. These cars look like the cars you would buy at your GM dealership. Right. And, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, as we watch it unfold, in the nearly two decades that have followed others, perhaps more attractive and less costly venues have opened up for drag racing, providing them limitless opportunities that simply weren't around before. I mean, I think pro stock's loaded with rules. Right. Uh, you know, there's untold millions of dollars invested in pro-modified and radial tire racing operations. And if those venues didn't exist, you can't imagine that many of those individuals who today are running radial versus the world are pro-nitrous would even be interested in pro-stock. Right. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, it just draws larger crowds. I mean, look, look at they do it like, you know, Georgia, South Georgia Motorsports Park and things like that. I mean, imagine if they had that kind of crowd for a pro stock race. Oh, yeah. Which, basically, most of those cars are ex-top sports and pro mod and pro stock cars. Yes, they are. I mean, like... And they've just advanced them up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they've stepped up the power plants in them, but the cars are basically the same. I mean, you have to remember, even though as many as 50 pro stock cars might have attempted to qualify for a race at one time, only half or even less had a legitimate chance of ever making the show, and far fewer could win the deal altogether. So why did many racers invest considerable sums of money in their program anyway? Because pro stock was the place to be. They wanted to be a part of it, the big stage, regardless of the outcome. 
We see that very same thought process today in Pro Modified Next 275 and other classes and venues. People simply want to be involved, even if they aren't competitive, and so on and so on. There's plenty that would be in pro stock racers out there today. They just found somewhere else to spend their money. Right. More competitive class, more fun. Draws more of a crowd. Gets more TV exposure. I mean, you got the internet going crazy. I mean, you don't see YouTube channels for pro stock cars. No, pro mod is hot right now. And it's yeah. extremely And street racing radio tire classes are on fire. Yes, sir. In the early 2000s, Greg Anderson and the team owner, Ken Black, raised the bar in a big way in pro stock, both competitively and financially, accumulating in the first championship in 2003. Black from Las Vegas set up shop in, a, in stock car country, Mooresville, North Carolina, and hired some of the best talent money could buy. Anderson won 12 races in 2003, 15 in 2004, 8 in 2005, and 6. He and his teammate Jason Lyon were virtually untouchable, and the resources they needed to close the gap were far more than the majority of the 40 other cars out there at their disposal. So, I mean, these, these things right here are another thing. I mean, people got tired of seeing Greg Anderson win. And these guys, I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you know the same guy's going to win every time, right. unless you're a Greg Anderson or Jason Lyon fan, you're not going to really chime in on that. You know what I'm saying? I mean... I mean, money basically bought them pro stock those years. Yes. So that hurt pro stock, especially in the early 2000s. I mean, it really, really did. And they're still having the same problem today. It's just a, a few different drivers. You know, and I think it boils down to to the internet craze. The real problem here, and the reason why it's you know it's kind of fell off is because the popularity, like has been said, is on pro mod right now. And, and I think that is the root of the problem. You well, know. it's a lot of popularity on ProMod. And like I said, the X275 and the radial cars and all that stuff, that stuff's very hot right now. Yeah, and Street Outlaws is the one to blame. Oh, you, yeah. You knew their name would come up when we're talking about drag racing. But they're the ones to blame for this, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not I'm not at all saying no. that in a bad way. No, but they've, they've um, opened up a whole new venue for everybody. They have, but the guys who fell off the mark is the pro stock guys. They've kind of... Well, they're still in the has-been section. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just, well, they're kind of sitting in that awkward middle. You know what I mean? And we're going to touch base on this a lot here in the next segment, uh, break it down a little bit, and show you some more ways where Robin Odrod thought Pro Stop might have went wrong. <laughs> right. Since we're the experts in NASCAR and everything, you know, yeah, that's what I, was I, I think we'll just be the experts of you know, Pro Stop. You that's know? right, guys. I tell you what, stay tuned. We also got our very special call-in guest coming up. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Odd Rod, and to my left is the beautiful, the lovely, the one, the only, the amazing Guy Fieri. I mean, Rob Pitt, sorry. I'm going to kick you <laughs> in your good knee. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. You're about to be bleeding. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> one more Guy Fieri pose, and I'm going to kick you. All right, Gary. <clears throat> really? <laughs> Actually, funny story. All right. Funny story. We went out to dinner the other night. Lady walked in and said, "You know who you look like? Huh. Huh. You look just like that guy from Rascal Flats, Donnie, Donnie Jan." If you had a little more fuller hair, you would look like Gordon Ramsay. A little bit. Yeah. I may, maybe I need to let the spikes grow out a little bit. Yeah, let them grow out a little bit, and kind of get angry about cooking. You'd be yeah. you'd be a spot on Gordon Ramsay. Well, you know, some more stuff. We're talking about pro stock. And, and, and what its demise is, you know, NHRA is cutting pro stock back now. And we've been talking about that. And that's a big story right now because pro stock's been around for a long time. You know, you think about it. I mean, I grew up in drag racing, got the drag racing history stuff. And, you know, we've talked about it with some calling guests we had before, you know. I mean, 
Drag racing, you know, back in the 90s and the 80s, I mean, that was the heyday for Pro Stock. Pro Stock was the field to be in, the, the door slammer class. You know, I, I, the I have... The factory a, hot rods. Yeah, I have a unique theory about this. I really do. What do you think? Why don't you just get rid of Pro Stock? Altogether, just lose it. You can't get rid... That's apple pie, son. You don't get rid of Pro Stock. We'll get rid of baseball. All right, so... All right, well, if nobody's watching, yeah, let's get rid of it. All right, now, now follow me on this theory. Don't don't jump too far ahead of me here. All right, so you get rid of Pro Stock. Everybody's in an uproar. Everybody loses their mind. Well, maybe then they'll learn to appreciate it and appreciate the values of it so when we bring it back, you know, when it comes back after season. Well, I've got a theory on fixing Pro Stock. All right, let's hear it. I like mine. I'm My sorry. theory on fixing Pro Stock, everybody's talking about how the, there's no competition there. The cars all run repetitious. And they're the same winners on all. Well, the Pro Mod guys, the turbo cars are killing it. Nitrous cars can't keep up with the Pro Mod cars. Right. So, all right, take nitrous away from Pro Mod. you got to run a turbo. Interesting. Or a blower car. Let's put nitrous on Pro Stock cars. Mm, very interesting. It's going to totally change the field. Very interesting. And, you know, Pro Stock is no stranger to nitrous. Back in the 80s and the 90s, you know, Bob Glenn and Lee Shepard, Warren Johnson, the Dodge Boys, you know, the nitrous scandals, the race to the sixes, the race to the 200 mile an hour. I mean, these were things that were exciting about it. Actually, a funny story about Bob Glidden. His son, Rusty Glidden, actually raced a Pro Stock car also for Motorcraft. Um, they put nitrous on his car and ran it at an NHRA event. <laughs> and then showed in HRA they did it and got away with it. Wow. This is but these were the characters we had back then. Do you see the Pro Stock guys today doing that? No. Heck no. But they did that to show them. And this is the thing. With a hidden nitrous system, and he showed them exactly how they hid it in the car. Bob Bob didn't care. Bob with a marble in one hand, pointed on the other end, and showed them how they did it, play by play. This car made ninety extra horsepower and an extra hundred and twenty foot pounds of torque. And you're like, man, that ain't big of a difference. That's a car that didn't qualify to number seven. That's a big difference. That's a huge difference. That's how close these cars are running. So you got like, just 90 horsepower separates the field from seven to past 16. You got to think about, you know, in a pro stock car, 90 horsepower is a lot of power. And then, you know, of course, you got the Dodge guys had a lot of trouble with nitrous, too. Out in the pits, they actually had a nitrous ball explode in one of the pro stock cars, and they tried to cover it up. And then this is like wrestling, though. Well, next thing you know, the next week, their shop burnt down. Right before NHRA was about to investigate. It just burns to the ground. Interesting. And this was all the Dodge boys working out of Wayne County Speed Shop in Illinois. And I mean, but this was like wrestling. I mean, there was a story there, and everybody's like, oh, I know they were cheating. Or, man, oh, my Dodge guys would never cheat. You know, it was an oxygen tank. Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there was so much uproar over this. I mean, this was so awesome. This is when Pro Stock was great. I mean, you had WJ, the professor, Warren Johnson. This guy literally is like the Bill Nye of drag racing. Well, see, you know... Um... Drag racing is a lot like NASCAR in the fact that they both have blue-collar roots. And with so much corporate sponsorships and so much corporate dollars stepping in, you take away from the blue-collar roots. And realistically, you take the fun out of the sport. It's no longer, you know, me and you mustering up every dollar we have to go out and race and try to qualify this weekend. No, Someone's backing us. We got millions of dollars, and it really well, don't matter. I mean, and that's true. And I mean, like I said, you know, another big problem with it, you know, the personalities and rivalries are just one part of it. Um, you know, pro stock and cheap go together like Democrats and Donald Trump. I mean, it just <laughs> doesn't work. Well, I, I, and we've had this conversation outside of the radio station before, and it seems that a lot of things are pressing toward this direction. But drag racing, NASCAR, um, a lot of sports, I can say the same thing about, have became 
that the actual going down the track or the going around the track is just a byproduct of this marketing monster. And, and it's like the actual going down the track really don't matter anymore. It is. I mean, it don't. Because, I mean, it's, I mean, the racing is boring yeah. at best. And, I mean, you know, granted, you know, pro stock is not what it used to be. I mean, nowhere even close. But, I mean, I would still argue saying it's the most prestigious of any of the door slammer classes. I mean, it's what any door bracket car got longs to be is but, a pro stock But driver. you know what? You say, you say Robert, I'm going to give you free tickets to the NHRA event in Charlotte this weekend. Or uh, I'll give you a free pass to go down to Greer Thursday night. I'd rather go down to Greer Thursday night because I know I'm going to see better racing. I think I still take commerce, and, and you know, and you can t- say say the same thing, Robert. I'm a, I'm gonna give you free passes to the Coca Cola. Was it 500 or 600 this weekend at Charlotte, or I'm gonna give you free passes to um, Anderson Speedway to go watch a dirt track race. I'm gonna pick the dirt track race. There's more entertainment there. There's a better story there. There's more competition. There's more heart and soul poured into it. I believe. I don't want to take a shower after watching a race. <laughs> so I'm not going to the dirt track. I, I don't know. To me, to me, there's just if more. If you have heart to wear safety goggles to watch it, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I don't know though. To me, there's just more heart and soul in the small time racing because it, it's back to more the true grassroots of the situation. You know, it's you know, people are pouring their actual paychecks in it, not well, some big sponsorship check. And, and, I, and I see that. But I mean, pro stock racing is—it's like professional wrestling. I mean, you know, we all know it's fake, but we watch it because it's entertaining. Yeah. And they've lost those characters, and I think that's a lot of it. I mean, like you know, we got Tanner Gray coming up, you know, and, and Tanner Gray's coming through the ranks, and this guy—he's like you know the the fireball. But before Tanner Gray, it's snooze all the way across the board. Well, you know, and I mean, all the cars you have, the manufacturers have pulled out. Ford's pulled out. Dodge has like two entries. And all the rest are Chevrolet, new Chevrolet Camaros. And, you know, uh, Taron Gray is a good one. And, and, you know, Alex Laughlin with Gas Monkey Garage. He's and a they good, got a little spat. And they know? got a little spat. And that's good. That's and, that's but, good because people follow that. Exactly. But, I mean, there, I mean, there's just nothing there. I mean, other than that little ripple, it's just totally just calm. Exactly. So, you know, I agree. I, I think they're, you know, I think it'd be great if... Uh, if they allowed them to break out in a fist fight at the track. I'm not saying you want that every weekend. Well, every weekend, but, but you know what? Sometimes you, you know need what? a little something. I'm going to watch that. You know, it, it's part of the fun going to the dirt track race. And I always say, you know, let's go to the fight and hope a race breaks out. You so, know, if you if you had some of that sort of, I don't want people fighting, but if you had some of that sort of same drama and entertainment going on at the drag strip or at the NASCAR race, I think it would help out a lot. I mean, God Almighty, you can't even say a cuss word at the NASCAR car race without getting fined a quarter million dollars. They have took it to the next level. And, I mean, it's become so PC. And, of course, a lot of things the world have. And I sound more and more like my old man every day. Yeah, but, but racing racing's one thing that I don't think I don't think PC and racing belong together in the same category. Well, unfortunately. That's just my personal opinion. Unfortunately, you know, I guess the big people at NASCAR and NHRA think the same. I tell you what, though, guys, something you need to stay tuned for. Up next, we have one of the hottest names in pro stock right now. That's right, Mr. Tanner Gray right here. He may not be old enough to order a beer, but you know what? He can drag a chair right up to the bar on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I got a big special shout-out I want to give to my buddy Ken Vaughn, big Corvette buddy. Big shout-out from Rob and old Odd Rod right here at Hot Rods and Happy Hour. What's going on, guy? All right, guys, i tell you what. We promised you a great calling guest, and we got you one right here, Mr. Tanner Gray himself. That's right. This guy's setting pro stock on fire, and Lord knows they need it right now. Yes, I'm talking like, what, won five out of his last six finals? I want to tell you something. This kid is no joke right now. 
right now. 18 years old when he won his very first race in Vegas. And one of the biggest names in NHRA right now. I'll tell you what, big time, guys. This kid is driving them crazy. Mr. Tanner Gray, how you doing, sir? Good. How about you guys? Uh, we're hanging in here. I'll tell you what, yeah, we're just hanging out, you know, doing this rock star radio thing. You're the rock star drag racer guy, you know. I'm not going to lie, it'd be nice if they'd fix the air conditioning in the studio, but other than that, it's great. A little warm, a little warm. I pretty much know how it feels to drive a pro stock car on a July summer day sitting in the studio. Yeah, it's about the same, I'm sure. <laughs> i tell you what. Yeah, for sure. It definitely gets pretty hot. That was for sure. i tell you what, man, we were up there at Z-Max, and we seen where you won up there at the Carolina Nationals. Congratulations, man. I appreciate it, guys. So we want to step back a little bit. Um because you got a pretty cool rap sheet. We were looking online, but how'd you get your start in racing? Uh, you know, I kind of I, I grew up around it from uh, from the time I was built up. So uh, I grew up kind of an uh, avenue of racing. But uh, you know, eventually try, he wanted divisionals and stuff like that. Track with him doing that, and then doing to go. Pro, um, you know, I've been at all nature events for seven now. So you know, but, uh, he put me in a car when I was ten. And or eight, and uh, got the opportunity to go races on asphalt. And um, so, I mean, the big thing is though, you go from racing all this round track kind of stuff, you know, with the sprint cars and the late model and all that, to going drag racing, which is the polar opposite of each other. Do you miss any of the left turn racing? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I still do a lot of sprint car racing now. Uh, when I'm not at a drag strip, I'm usually at a dirt track racing uh, outlaw cards or, or midgets or something. So. Um, so you got to get the best to, of both worlds. You get to have a little fun in both of them. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they they got me out of the sprint car stuff right now during the countdown, trying to uh, keep me from getting hurt, but uh, which is understandable. Well, I mean, the, the uh, sprint car guys—they play kind of rough anyway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely uh, some of the most intense racing I've ever done. So. Well, I mean, you keep in mind this is at the dirt track. We used to go to the dirt track all the time for the fight, and a race would break out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, there's, that, there's a lot of good drivers at dirt track, and I think that's what makes it so fun. Is you know, I, I feel like everybody um, kind of overlooks them a lot. But um, oh, yeah. I, I'd be you'd be surprised on if uh, if you gave a lot of those dirt track guys a chance in the NASCAR world, a lot of them would shock you. I think. Oh, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> that's what I was yeah, thinking. I, I think a lot of those guys would definitely struggle. Oh yeah. Well, you've had pretty uh, pretty. I mean, that's pretty impressive coming right out of the gate. So, yeah, I mean, how does that make it, you feel as a young driver? I mean, do you think you think a lot of the older guys are kind of looking at you and getting a little worried? They giving you that talk, damn kid. We were okay <laughs> till he showed up. <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely hope so. Um, but you know, I mean, that's kind of what you have to expect when you, when you have someone that um, you know can can let the clutch pedal out on time and, and and his guys give him a great car. I mean, you know, if I didn't have a car, I wouldn't be nothing this year. So. Uh, you know, it kind of takes everybody, and it's just not – it's definitely not just me, so. Oh, yeah, that's um, for sure. So, yeah, so. So have, you, have they, you gotten people, though, that have gave you a hard time being, I mean, no offense, the new kid on the block? You know, I mean, and and just, just basically, like, you know, I don't know, picking on you a little bit, you know, maybe in the staging lanes or giving you a hard time with stuff. Yeah, I mean, me and Jason Lang, we, we joke around a lot and, and, and have fun, but not, nothing really uh, – too too crazy i mean uh i mean one thing that sticks out to me that i thought was pretty funny is when me and alex laughlin um we we kind of got into it down there at the end of the track in houston and uh he told me he said 
uh, you have a lot to learn, kid. Just because you won one race doesn't mean that you're all that or whatever. And I, I thought that was pretty funny because, you know, he's only been racing like a, a year, year and a half, one full season. Yeah. And uh, it he was just down there telling me that he's got, I think, two career wins. And, uh, <laughs> how many how many of these wallies do you have yeah so so i mean i think that was pretty funny it kind of sticked out to me and, and uh you know obviously me and him still don't really get along now so and, so, uh, so you're not gonna get a christmas card from the laughlin race group or anything no i uh yeah i wouldn't I, be waiting would by be the i'd be pretty shocked if 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 i got a christmas card from him, but, if you did it you might know, be think, ticking <laughs> yeah no doubt but, uh, you know, that's what makes drag racing good. you got to have uh, some people out there that don't like each other. I mean, you get, it makes it for more of a show. If you have everybody getting out and slapping each other uh, on the back and telling them good job, then uh, eventually it's going to get boring, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of amazing the people that uh, Richard Rawlings surrounds himself with turns out to be kind of like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know Richard very well. I'm, I'm actually really well at all. Um, but... You know, I, I got to hang around Alex for for a little bit, and um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have too many things to say on it. <laughs> I'm with you there. Well, I'm with you there. Well, well some things don't even need to be said, man. I understand that. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, but but I mean, that's the thing. This, it's, but that's what makes drag racing exciting. Because I'll be honest with you, buddy. Before you came into pro stock. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Bro, stock was dying, dude. I mean, it was. It's. I mean, it's, it's always been a class that's near and dear to my heart. We were talking to Steve Torrance the other week, and and we were talking about how pro stock used to be like you know one of the best classes ever. I mean, it was really competitive. You know, you had all these limitations, and you had to make all this power. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was really, really competitive. But now it's just kind of like watching paint dry. But now you got this young kid coming in there stirring up the pot. I mean, and I really think you're drawing a lot of eyes back to the pro stock camp. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, that that would be um, definitely something that means a lot to me. You know, if if I could be a part of of helping it uh, stay afloat, I guess. But well, you know, I mean, in the end, it's it's going to take more than just one kid to uh, to fix it all. I think NHRA is going to up and, and do something different. Um, I don't have the answers for them, but, well, but they're definitely going to have to do something different. Well, exactly, they're going to have to step it up a little bit all the way around. But you're definitely helping it out a lot. And I tell you, I mean, because I mean, that's the thing that you need characters in this sport. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, like I said, I, and I'm, we were talking to Steve about this. I grew up in the '80s and the '90s in drag racing, and I mean, my dad raced pro mod for years. So I, mean, I watched. I've been to more events than you can shake a stick at. But, I mean, it's like back in the Warren Johnson days and even his son, Kurt Johnson. I mean, you know, these guys, they were characters. They were racers. You know what I'm saying? And they took care of business. So, yeah, and like Bob Glidden and all those guys. I mean, just that's what made it fun. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, you had, uh, I mean, 30, 40 car, 30, 40 car fields. And, uh, you know, you had all these different personalities and, uh, you know, I mean, you had people like Dave Conley in there that that was a little bit younger. So, you know, obviously the older guys didn't care for him, and uh, you know, he may have uh, not cared for the older guys. I mean, obviously he had respect for him, but uh, you know, maybe didn't see eye to eye all the time. And uh, I think that's where I'm at with, with where I am. You know, um, so it definitely makes it it's fun. It makes it interesting. Uh, it gives the fans something to watch, and uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, the class needs as much drama as it can get. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we just need to find someone to start up. 
<laughs> so let me let me shift gears here a little bit, Tanner. How old are you right now? Seventeen. Uh, Eighteen. So you just yes, you just graduated high school or graduating this year? Uh, I graduated in May. In May, awesome. So what is it like going through high school with all your friends just doing whatever they do, and on the weekends you're going two hundred plus miles an hour? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that has to set you apart a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't really look at it that way. It's just uh, kind of my career path, you know, just like they have their career paths, whatever it might be. Um, instead of playing football or baseball or anything like that, I'm I'm racing cars. So I, I've never really thought of it like that. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, they don't really think of it like that either. and just normal kids. So that's how I try to keep it anyway. Oh, yeah. You ever get, get a speeding ticket in a normal car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a few. My uh, my record doesn't look too good. <laughs> I can imagine. So what? So what's your daily driver, Tanner? Uh, just a Chevy pickup truck. Okay, so, so I mean, it ain't nothing. It ain't, yeah, I mean, it ain't nothing crazy or anything like that. No, no, my parents aren't gonna let me get a sports car or anything like that. <laughs> That's, like, that's probably enough, smart. Yeah, you <laughs> get probably... you get enough of that on the weekends, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Keep it on the track, kids. <laughs> So, I mean, what's it like going 200 plus miles an hour? Though I think the fastest I've ever been in a car is about 145. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, when I first started, uh, you know, you definitely have to get used to uh, to to how how hard it sets you back in the seat. And you know, I can't imagine what a top field dragster feels like when you <laughs> leave in one of those. Because I mean, when I when I first got in the pro stock car, I had to put a pad behind my head because it's just you got to get used to when you let the clutch out, kind of leaning into it and, and kind of moving with the car. And, and that, that took me a little bit to get used to. And it kind of puts in perspective, you know, how hard it actually leaves and how fast you're actually going. So, uh, you know, I think a top-field dragster is probably uh, pretty insane. Oh, I can so, only imagine there. I tell, yeah, you, but, I tell you what, Tanner, can you hang on just one second, buddy? we got to pause for a commercial break. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Stay tuned for our, for our interview with Tanner Gray. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We got Tanner Gray on the line, Odd Rod. Yes, sir, we do. I'll tell you what, I can see you right now. Everybody in the studio is all happy. I mean, we're going like all fangirl over here. We got Tanner Gray on the phone. Do you get bombarded with people all the time about the autograph, especially at the track, I'm sure? I mean, it depends on, on the event. Some, some events are packed and you have lines backed up all the way out the trailer and then some are pretty laid back and and uh, it's not too bad i mean I, I think it just depends on how how well nhra does uh advertising that event and and getting it out there that we are there and stuff so oh, yeah. it just depends on the event all right we told you we we're gonna cut up a little bit now i got a hard question i'm gonna ask you and i don't want a legit answer all right all right you got six career finals and five wins what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh I got beat by Erica in uh, in Epping. We uh, we uh, I think we I think she qualified second, and uh, we just nipped her for uh, the number one spot. There ain't nothing wrong with Silver. And no, and uh, you know we we went out there. And we, you know we were enjoying it and stuff, and and we struggled with the car all day that day. We uh, we shook the first two rounds, and then we had Valt uh, Meeland, and he happened to blow up first round, and we shook, and we just made it down. And then we had a buy run second round, or shook again right there. And then um, we figured out we, we had some things messed up in the setup, fixed it around, went out there and went like low for the session in the semis and beat Drew, my teammate. And then uh, went up against Erica in the final. And, uh, you know, I think we were pretty, I was pretty pumped up anyway. And, and uh, 
I uh, I left the clutch out, and, and I thought I hit the tree pretty good, but um, obviously I didn't. Uh, I was 24 to hurt 20, and uh, we got to run like two two or three hundreds down there. So, uh, yeah, it, it sucks, but on the same side, you know, you, how many rookies do you know that have gone to uh, six finals and won five of them? So, oh yeah, I, I mean, mean you that's got, awesome. I mean, we're you, not, not you I mean, got I mean, a valid I mean, point. Your your record's way better than mine. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Yeah, Even no, on the video game, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I hear you. But okay, so so Terry, you know, you just graduated high school. Like I said, I just got a feeling that NHRA like has like if you look at their demographic of fans, when you stepped on board, they're probably like that. What's that? Fourteen to twenty-five year old women category has skyrocketed in pro stock. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah mean, I don't know. I mean, you're, I mean. Uh, you got that Justin Bieber rock star status going into pro stock, you know. I mean, I don't know. I see it just a little bit. Although we, we, we've been looking at, we've been Twitter stalking you, buddy. Oh, who's this chick sitting in your lap? That's what I want to know about. Oh, that's that's my girlfriend. That uh, we've been together for like eight or nine months. But she's awesome. Nah. She looks like a nice. She she looks like she's a nice lady though. But I mean, I'm just I seen that picture. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's a cool girl. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh, I want to tell you something. It takes a special girl to put up with a racing guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you're always on the go all the time and all that stuff. So, I mean, it takes it takes a special woman to do that. Yeah, no doubt. She's she's always there to uh, to support me and and put up with me when I'm when I'm moody and not very pumped. So, uh, you know, it definitely takes a special person that can that can go on the road and handle that stuff and. Well, and yeah. uh, put up with the the bipolarness, I guess you know. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. The racers either up or down, so you well, never know it's going to get that day. You know, we get a little bit of that ourselves because usually every weekend we're hosting a car show somewhere. And it's the same way. We're always gone. We're always traveling. I got girls run up wanting autographs. I mean, I feel you. We don't have that. We don't have that problem. I feel you. They're they're throwing undergarments at you. I mean, I've been there. You know, and I I I feel I feel your pain, man. It's it's horrible, dude. It's it's a rough life, but somebody's got to live it. I'm telling you. That's right. So, so what's your uh, hopes for the future as far as racing goes? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously to win the championship this year. Right. Uh, I think really you're well on your way. Uh, you know, we we got to do a little better. We didn't have the best of weekends last weekend in Reading, and uh, kind of put us back a little bit, put us third in the points, and so we got to go. We definitely got to go out here to St. Louis and perform and do that. But uh, you know, right now, just Go out there and win the championship. You know, you can't really uh, focus on anything other than that in itself. And and uh, that's what we're going to do, and, and that's what uh, that's all I'm focused on. So. He's got his that's eye on the prize. Right <laughs> He's got his eye on the prize. I mean, and that's the thing. Now, how awesome would it be on your rookie year to win the championship and be the youngest winning driver in pro stock? Yeah, you know, that, it would definitely uh, – I mean, that's that's in, that's insane. It'd definitely be pretty cool. I mean, we'd have definitely broke a lot of records this year. I mean, uh, I mean we'd, be, we'd have Rookie of the Year, uh, Championship, and then Youngest Winner Ever in, in NHRA History. And then on top of that, be the winningest rookie in, in the Pro Star class. So, I mean, you might mess around uh, and make the paper or something with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd definitely be a, a nice thing to add to my resume. So, that like one... I said, that's, a, that's what we're going to do, and that's what we're focused on, so. That's awesome, man. Your your resume, dude, is starting to thicken up a little bit. You're going to have a three-ring binder. 
<laughs> the only yeah, bad, the only bad part about that is they're not there's not going to be a good celebration out in Las Vegas when you win. Yeah, now what was that about? Now, okay, now you won your first race. You're in Sin City, man. I mean, you're in Las Vegas. We'll be in Vegas here at SEMA here in the next few weeks. But and I love that town. But I started thinking about it. You know what? You just won the race. You're on top of the world till you walk out on the strip and you can't even go in the casino. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it always the man trying to get you down. No doubt, man. I mean, it was uh, it was definitely pretty cool. But after the whole deal, man, I was worn out anyway. After after uh, you know being there all day and, and doing that, and then on top of all that, all the media stuff you had to do after, I was I was ready to go to bed. So what was it? Didn't really affect me too much. What's the worst part of the media stuff for you? Talking to radio guys, <laughs> TV. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, uh, those guys uh, are horrible. Uh, I mean, the worst part is, is when you have someone that um, asks stupid questions over and over. I mean, yeah. I, you can I tell they're talking. not there for the sport. They're just there to yeah. answer, ask questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind talking, but when when you go to each event and and, and the same guys there with the same question, it, it gets old. So then then you start got to start giving them uh, some pretty. Uh, Classic answers back, you know. <laughs> so like, so Tanner, how's the car handling today? <laughs> yeah, same same as last weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your plan? To keep it straight and fast. Straight and yeah. fast. That's where we're going. Yeah, I think the I've used the. Uh, just go back and look at my answer from last weekend. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's actually that's that's a pretty good one right there. I'm actually wow. making a note right now. I'm gonna steal that one from you. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 really neat, Terry. I mean, so, I mean, so right now you win your first race in Vegas. I mean, I know that's memorable. And like I said, like you won the Carolina Nationals here the other week at Zmax, and that was memorable. What's one of your most memorable memorable racing moments? Um, probably winning here in Charlotte uh, not too long ago. Uh, that was pretty cool for me. I had you know both sides of of my family here. And, um, you know, and, and to be able to go out there and win. And then on top of that, it's the first race of the countdown. So that sets you up good for the points and, and everything else. So it was, it was a pretty special weekend for me, especially to do it with all your family and friends here. It just makes it even better, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're just right up the road in Denver, North Carolina. Is that right? Yes, sir. Well, that's cool. I tell you what, that's really neat. Well, that's Definitely an awesome facility. Probably one of the nicest ones we go to all weekend. Or all year, I mean. And, yeah, I mean, that is a phenomenal facility. I mean, that's like... I mean, of course, it's one of the newest tracks around, but I mean, it's just, it's nice how they have it set up with the tunnel and the bomber track and all that. I mean, that's a really just neat setup all around. Yeah. I mean, most of Bruton's tracks are, are honestly, uh, or all of Bruton's tracks are the nicest ones we go to. Yeah. He's first class so. all the way. Yeah. If there's one thing Bruton Smith knows how to do, that's put, uh, put together a nice track. That's I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean that's, that's, that's for sure. I mean, like, that man knows how to build a racetrack, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So. I tell you what, Tanner, man, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. And, I mean, it's been a blast talking to you. And if you went up here in St. Louis, man, you need to give us a call back. We need to talk and con- congratulate you on that. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. So There's I that sir stuff again. You're making, me, you're making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you're, you're all right, man. You're all right, Tanner. I tell you what, I feel I feel a little cool. I feel younger just talking to you. I may give me one of them, I think I'm going to give me one of them flat bill hats and everything. Yeah, you need one. Yeah, you know, go no, I mean, Steve Torrance has got a few. Oh. <laughs> see, see, me and Steve's about the same age. That's the thing. If he's rocking a flat bill hat, that means I can probably get away with it, too. 
Yeah, he's got to wear hats to cover up that ball spot he got on top of his head. Easy now. I'm sitting in that same boat. Yeah, yeah, I don't have no ball spot, but I'll ride over here, bless his heart. He's he's a just for men member if you catch my drift. You know what I'm saying. And the bad part is I'm the young one. I'm 27. What's up with that? I don't know. We got yeah, the young one. We got the young one on the line. We got Mr. Tanner Gray, buddy. Like I said, thank you again for being in, putting up with us and being on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And like I said, congratulations on Z Max the other weekend. And I'm gonna tell you, we wish you the best of luck at St. Louis. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, brother. Thank you for sticking around. See ya. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Stay tuned right here on 106.3 WORD. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.